Okay. Uh, are you guys ready? Yeah. 69. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Joe needs him some white women. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Everyone can watch. His, he wants to make his own cloak and dagger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so tonight, call me Tyrone. <laughs> no, Tyrone, you sit there. You watch this. Yeah, Joe's Tandy. Ah. <laughs> uh, Oh, dear. Get the makeup out. It's time for Joe to beat Tandy. Oh, no. Damn. That's no. <laughs> I will not be white. Let me cloak that dagger, baby. Mm, that'll do. All right. <clears throat> Let me come up with an intro before this gets pornographic. Uh, okay, so we're starting the episode right now because Mike is really freaking me the hell out. <laughs> it's what I do best. Yeah. <laughs> Did I miss something? What the hell? It was you're the cloak to my dagger. Oh, God damn. Uh, ah, I was trying to get away with this before he involved me. Uh. say and welcome but quite frankly i'm not especially enthused right now see i'm gonna just come out from behind the curtain and let you know that this episode didn't go as planned no technical issues and uh everything's more or less fine i was just a scatterbrain mess and you know didn't get to just didn't get to do a whole lot with an episode i'd been thinking about since uh, day one so, yeah. Uh, other than that, it's fine. Mike and Joe were good. Managed to keep their composure as I was losing my goddamn mind. So, yeah, once again, if you like train wrecks, please enjoy. Anyway, we finished another series. <laughs> yeah, we finally got around to finishing Eden of the East, and, uh, I'll explain why it took so long in a minute, but, uh... Eden of the East. Yeah. How do you guys feel about finishing this series? Mm. Mm. Well, it took the last two episodes for me to kind of, like, be, damn, shit just got real. That's when I was like, yeah, this is really... I was actually starting to feel a little worried, like, all right, where is this going? It's getting kind of getting a little bored here, but... Mm-hmm. Those last two final episodes is what did it for me. All the crazy terrorism and plans for cleansing and uh, it's just <laughs> they got a little yeah. sidetracked. I didn't yeah. mind where they went when they got sidetracked, but they did bring it back at the end. Yeah. It it felt like the you could watch the first four episodes and the last two and have like a complete arc. Yeah. Uh, or you could str- and you could probably stretch like ten more episodes in between if you wanted to. I'm glad they didn't though. Yeah, me too. Just, just talking about more of the other I guess there's twelve in total. I don't remember how many in total. Eleven. Are. Uh, eleven. I think there's twelve in total. They say eleven because one of them's dead. Oh, that's probably why. 
Yeah, so they probably could have, like you guys said, stretched it out, talking about more of them. They, I mean, 11 the, uh, yeah. episodes. Oh, 11. Uh, yeah, there's 11 episodes. Yeah. yeah. That we were talking about the, uh, the Sailor Sail. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked it. The last two episodes were really good. Um, I just liked the whole idea I was about <laughs> that it's pretty much all just like some like terrorism stuff and they're thinking that by causing more destruction they could possibly help cleanse all the bad of japan and make things make the world the well, not world the japan a better place and mm-hmm. it's just it's just fucking crazy like know, it's ridiculous it's, it's they get into some heavy stuff uh near the end we get a uh, couple of answers, namely having to do with Akira. Uh, you get that big moment at the end that I enjoyed. But um trying to think of where should we start with the conversation about this thing. Uh, What's going on here? Well, um, I liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed this. This is uh, one of my favorite animes. It, it's sort of weird in that it's I don't want to. This is how I feel about South Park. I never want to sit down and watch South Park, but when I do, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of similarly, but not really. Is uh, whenever I kind of sat down with this, I was always kind of like, as soon as I start to ask, "Where is this going?" They bring up some really interesting, like philosophical idea about how society operates or how it should operate and how it could be changed or fixed and that kind of stuff is what really kind of sent my brain swirling with ideas and thoughts and that was kind of where I got enjoyment out of this mm-hmm. um, totally it's kind of it's, it's weird because it's Every character seems like a really nice person. Like yeah. you could probably sit down and have a decent lunch with the villain. <laughs> like everyone's just kind of nice or like not outright evil. Or they're polite or they're uh they seem intelligent. I think you'd get along with the villain better than me. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh it also you know, then there's like, it feels like a really happy-go-lucky anime, but then they pull like some strangely very dark shit out, like a a great big fat guy getting hit by a car and getting yeah. in a gutter and like in a small pool, and that was kind of disturbing. But yeah, it looked it looked. I think it, it was kind of a. Not quite a trick, but I think it was a. Uh, it looks that way to make it look uh, as grisly as it needs to without any blood or gore. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't look like he had any broken bones, and I, I, I don't even think I saw scuff marks on him. But it got across the fact that yeah, he just got hit by a car and yeah. did enough to make you think he might die. Or yeah, I thought that you was. actually did di- that. He actually did die. Yeah. But the the ending actually, I think the reason where it earned its points for me was the ending because it's very it it was very Metal Gear Solid two to me, 
actually the whole kind of idea that you find out that it's like, oh, it's kind of a a system that was built by a guy who's actually just died, who was mm-hmm. trying to better a society um, through technology. After he effectively took over Japan. Yeah, it was is kind of almost like I wonder if Kojima watched this because that's kind of where MGS4 took the series. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, well, did the outsider really die? Because the last the last moment when the guy kind of took off in the helicopter, well, before it took off in the helicopter. He yeah. Said, he said that um, like number twelve is yeah, number is well. He said number twelve is the supporter or Mister Outside himself. Yeah, because we the, we don't know for certain. Because the mm. thing he asked for was he told to like I guess move June's or whatever her name was to like a secret place. Yeah. June's to a secret place. So maybe that I mean he, what do you say he would have been a hundred years old or something. He would have. So, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer and would be a hundred years old. So right. the likelihood of his uh, being alive is very low. But there's no confirmed death. Yeah. That element and like the the like eleven or twelve like secret people behind mm-hmm. the scenes moving shit around really reminded me of like the Patriots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, it's definitely a very similar type. Of, I don't know. Vibe isn't enough. It's I guess uh, similar plot elements, I should say, mm-hmm. but also themes. Mm-hmm. Like almost the exact same. That's good. Um, I was trying to think. I thought I had something to say regarding that. Um, so I feel kind of like in, in good ways and bad ways, uh, it kind of uh, touches on something you were talking about in that for our first episode, Mike, where you said like uh, the ideal scenario is to bring these people together to work together towards a common end. Mm-hmm. And in the bad way, three of the sailors out get together and decide to uh, blow a quarter of Japan off the map. But in the good way, you have uh, another prediction you made. You have uh, Takizawa utilizing Eden to pool the resources and ideas from all of these neats in order to sh- um, shoot down the missiles. Crap, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I loved. They actually yeah. say that in the uh, in the dub. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a it's something that I always I think about a lot. So basically, if you have enough thought power and manpower, you can kind of accomplish most things mm-hmm. if you have a common goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I initially. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I just brought this in to to begin with. I uh, had us watch Eden of the East just because it was something I really liked and thought it had uh, objective quality to it and had been uh, overlooked. But I wanted to save the rest of it for a month regarding a topic called uh, noblesse oblige. Uh, I think literally means. Uh, obligation of the noble nobility obliges whatever however you want to say it Mm -hmm. um for bonus points a star and a cookie can anyone in the class come up with another way of saying noblesse oblige you just said it no i mean like another 
way to phrase it. Another way? Like, uh, okay, th- this went straight to hell. Fuck it. Let's <laughs> shoot it. It's dead. Another, what I was trying to get at is another way to, I guess, interpret the phrase noblesse oblige is with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I might change it to absolute power. Especially in this case. Well, yeah, it will. Yeah, in the case of noblesse, there's literally the uh, connotation of uh, royalty, a ruling class, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I guess without getting, I guess without just sitting there and talking about the concept, they kind of address, like address it in a lot of key points. A couple of characters actually do name it flat out as their motivation, but. Um, feel like it's definitely a driving force at work not just within the series but the actions of akira in particular yeah i mean he declares himself king yeah um which really was one of those things that sent my thoughts kind of spiraling because it's it's you know sometimes you have to wonder you know would you know the planet be better off or the our country on a smaller scale if we just had a king who was great who just did all of the right things and declared all of the right things obviously that would be great but we don't have that because the whole idea of a king is you know men die or they change or women whatever um so once that person is in power, then that opens up the vacuum for anyone to fill, and who knows? Um, and it's also something that we actually kind of see a little bit in American society with the president. Um, and it's it, it, it's interesting because the you know Congress and the Senate have over the years granted more and more power to the presidency to get what they want at the time, um, which kind of bites you in the ass because, you know, you get what you want, but then you open the doors for the next person that you don't agree with to come in and, and bend things to their will. Um, case in point, like, you know, Obama kind of did the let's hold off on immigration for like a few months thing. You know, he did all sorts of executive orders and people hated it. Um, and now Donald Trump is doing the same thing, but they both have the same powers. It's just that Trump is using them completely differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really is. I remember what I was going to say in regards to that. Um, uh, oh yeah, that, that was effectively why um, I asked you guys in that first episode we did. Do you think uh, either one person could make a difference in the context of uh, this sort of political tournament going on? And outside of that, do you think a person who could conceivably do that exists? And I feel like um, Sanime doesn't quite answer the question per se but gives you a uh in the form of akira this a 
example of that romanticized notion of a king, of a person that could conceivably do that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's sort of disturbing. <laughs> I'm excited what do you mean? to see more. Of, well, just the idea that, okay, we're going to give make someone a king with absolute power. Mm-hmm. Um, for all the reasons I just said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it, it does make sense. Um, we're, we're talking about fiction and thinking about it. Like if someone like Akira did exist mm-hmm. and I could in, in my own way, confirm that they were this decent, well-meaning person, then mm-hmm. I might not be as, I'd be more worried for them than about what they're going to do. Yeah, well, I'd be worried about outliving them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why I mean, like, worried for them, both uh, people trying to corrupt them and people just outright trying to murder them. Yeah. um, It's, and I think, you know, contrary to what a lot of people might say is, we do have a pretty good system in the U.S. Because, I mean, if you look at all of the shit that Donald has tried to do, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really I mean we're kind of you know he's getting sh- blocked in a he, lot of ways he is that's what our checks our checks and balances are working um, but our ship is kind of you know we're yelling at Scotty to fix the fucking engines before it explodes but you know it's a pretty just can't do it captain pretty well built ship probably <laughs> won't explode Yeah, I mean, here's hoping. Uh, I guess I can sort of touch on it. I've kind of... I want to say before I really realized it was a concept, I was really fond of this of uh, idea of noblesse oblige, just because um, uh, I started thinking about it when I watched the opening for the first time, amongst all the stuff like flashing on screen is a... Uh, phrase that kind of hovers around the circle bit of the phone at least i think it it's there it where it's a quote from uh julius caesar which is uh is it the abuse of greatness is when it disjoins power from remorse and this is specifically like when uh you kind of wield power you wield influence but without any uh responsibility attached without any um goal in mind you're just having power for the sake of it and anytime i get especially uneased or weirded out in regards to political matters it's because that's what i feel is being done it's someone seeking out power or control or something for the sake of having it rather than having any sort of uh, altruistic goal or purpose yeah uh, for me the part that worries me is more so that people it's scary to me that people who are doing the completely you know wrong thing and it's subjective sometimes but when i see you know a lot of people pushing agendas and i and i can tell that they really believe what they're trying to push that shit is scary to me mm. i feel like you're gonna have an easier time maybe not maybe not easier time um 
I guess, yeah, uh, I, could, I can see what you mean for sure. The, the person who doesn't have good intentions, I guess, scares me a little more. And Yeah, but... I, I, I feel like there's, there's hope in reasoning with or dealing with someone who has... Uh, who who's uh, moving towards something with some sort of positive goal in mind versus I want money. I I want this. I want to be able to manipulate people who are just like wantonly pursuing desire. Yeah. Or I think it's mostly that's money in our politics. It's either. And sometimes it's both. Yeah. Well, most of the time it's both, but mm. Yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking about, like, uh, I've been thinking about Star Wars a lot lately, and I was looking at, um, I was watching some trivia thing, but anyway, I was looking at a picture of the Emperor, and I was, like, mumbling and doing his voice and shit. But I was like, you know, that guy ruled the entire galaxy for, like, 30 years. And what the fuck did he actually do? Like, He, he made it worse. I, no, I mean, like, like on a day-to-day basis, what did he do? Did he just sit in that dark-ass room with those two <laughs> guards? And he just... uh, commissioned the Death Star. Yeah, but he didn't oversee it. He had people to do that for him. Yeah, but he would like he. You know, he had to gather the people together to be like, okay, who? Like he had to gather people together one to be like, who in the galaxy can make a weapon that could literally destroy a planet in one shot? Yeah, but he has cronies to do that. Yeah, they... yeah, but he he bare minimum has to like pick up a phone and call someone to <laughs> exactly. set that in motion. That's what I'm talking about. Like, is he? And just... we're talking about a guy who engineered a war where he's the head honcho on both sides to get himself to the point where he is the emperor of the entire galaxy. Right, but he finally did it. That's that's what I'm. My question is: is like, does he have a phone in there? Does he brush his teeth? <laughs> Who does he hang out with? I don't think he brushes his teeth. <laughs> Looking at those things, there's no. Yeah, I don't think he's doing anything in regards to hygiene. Like, I can uh, imagine what Donald Trump's day is like, but I can't imagine what the Emperor's day is like. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's space Twitter. Maybe he's maybe, doing the same thing. Maybe there's meetings he has to attend. Probably. I don't know. But it's like, Vader was always like, the emperor is coming and they're like, he's coming here. Oh no. <laughs> well, I mean, since he was control of, in control of so much, I'm sure his day to day was like, he was constantly in meetings and shit. Yeah. He was <laughs> probably day. like a, like a busy ass CEO or something. Yeah. Like what planets <laughs> to invade and how they should be invaded and the inventory. And so we send troops here and <laughs> you know, shit like that. <laughs> he's CEO. Well, I don't set a place. With all the, with all the grand moths and the, Sith Lords and the yeah, you know what it was. Somebody Dooku. had mentioned that it Dooku's. seemed like he was just having so much fun in the prequels, yeah. and it seems like he's having fun in Return of the Jedi too. <laughs> it seems like he's just having like he's just really enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he loves it. <laughs> he loves. God damn, is he making moves in this goddamn thing? Yeah, it's a good thing he wasn't part of this political tournament. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm kind of curious. Like, what did you guys think about the whole? I mean, what? Because with the whole idea, of what the outsider guy had 
was that he believed that by giving all this money and power to all these young people, that it would be the thing that fixes Japan. I mean, I, like, what, what do you guys think about that it's, exactly? It's like um, kind of out there. It's like a really expensive, over-the-top social experiment. Um, uh-huh. I like the idea of giving those means to such different people. Um, and I can see why he tried to set it up so they set it up so they kind of be at odds with each other in the sense mm-hmm. that only one of them, like in the context of it, only one of them could survive. Because uh, yeah. you get a, I mean, we we only got three of them together, and look what nearly happened. <laughs> yeah, it's almost sort of capitalistic in a way. Like you could look at it because when I think of when you put it that way, like giving a bunch of money to a bunch of young people, like I think of like the tech industry um, and how sometimes they kind of, they see one picture, but not another, you know, mm-hmm. some, some companies are like Zuckerberg just trying to basically fix the planet, or at least that's what he thinks he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you, or, you know, you look at other companies that are completely profit driven, but they offer like an incredible service like Uber, like mm-hmm. you know, for all the shit they've been through uh in the last uh month or so, they do provide a, a service and then that company's not gonna fall down because that service is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, I mean it could if the competition kinda overtakes it. But um and then you have other companies that realize all the side effects of what they're doing and they try to, you know, consider, you know, what they're doing to the towns that they're moving in. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, kind of reminds me of that. Like, you know, you see this guy, he's trying to just, Akira is very, I feel like he's very reactive mm-hmm. to, to situations. Whereas a uh, crazy avenging angel, lady is like i'm gonna focus on this problem and yeah or like the doctor mm-hmm. in medical city yeah so there's you do kind of see it in real life with people who and i a lot of people shit on capitalism but i i think philanthropists are they're the ones that push a lot of shit forward for society that's that's the light to the uh mega corporation dark um, no system is perfect, but no system is inherently evil either. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of, uh, you kind of want to balance, you want to have much like we have checks and balances in regards to government. You want that, you want that in all things. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, sort of like unchecked progress through capitalism can lead to some disastrous shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As can, as sh- as can some raw as communism, as we've seen with other countries, and you know, again, no yeah. system is perfect. Um, well, communism's never really worked. <laughs> well, yeah, that that kind of goes back to the too much power in a small pool. Yeah. Um, shit, I keep having things I want to say and then forgetting. Um, Although I, I do appreciate the outsiders. The, the amount of faith he had in man <laughs> and people and just believing that by giving all this power and money to just random people yeah. that they, that they would take it upon themselves to do the right thing. <laughs> well, I can, what, what I appreciate about it is the sort of like 
range of people he gave these phones to. Because yeah. uh, your your main antagonist, a uh, former bureaucrat man, was clearly in politics. Uh, seems to have a very very right wing stance. Whereas then you have. Um, <laughs> I want to say uh, Mike called him Avenging Angel, and uh, <laughs> no, that was uh, the woman. Oh, that was the woman, the girl with the angel wings. Oh yeah, well she's <laughs> well no she's she's another one. I mean she's kind of on that other end too because it seems like she was uh, she may have been wealthy prior to this. Uh, one of the other guys on Team Evil was also rich before, but then you have uh, terrorist guy who. Seems like and seems like a normal ass dude. Same with Akira. Um, and when you get into the movies, you meet a few more of the uh, guys who have these phones. Uh, cop guys, another one. It seems like there's there's a broader range than just who you might expect to do well with uh, political power or influence or money. In the case of certain characters. Um, I don't know if they go into a whole lot of depth as to how the old guy picked everyone. I was wondering about that. Yeah. I think there's a little bit in the movies. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I kind of remember what I was trying to say. Uh, that, um, wait, no, I don't. Fuck. This is the wrong episode to be having these kind of brain farts. Are we going to watch the movies? We can. Uh, We will uh, take a break for a minute to watch some other stuff, but we can definitely come back to the movies. Mm. I like it. I like to watch those. Yeah, I guess um, sort of get to what I was trying to talk about. That uh, last scene, countering the missiles, is maybe my favorite part of this whole series. Both from um, a visual standpoint, it just kind of looked cool. All them hot naked bodies. <laughs> Johnny's everywhere. Is so many Johnny's. I'm talking about the missiles blowing up, but sure. What are they? What the hell did they keep calling those guys? Johnny's. Neat. No. Neat. Neat. Yeah. What the hell yeah. is that? You forget what neat means every episode. <laughs> I didn't even. I don't. I've explained it each time, and I'm going to explain it again. Uh, it stands. It's an abbreviation for no education, employment, or training. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Why don't they just say that they live in their mom's basement? That's just a nice <laughs> way of saying that. That's discriminatory language, Pangelina. So is neat. Just because someone's a neat doesn't mean they live in their mother's basement. I hate buzzwords. <laughs> uh, I'm actually kind of, how, hey, how are, you should. You should be happy that they went with neat as opposed to the original term uh, uh, status zero. <laughs> I kind of like that. That's funny. That's what I am. I guess I have training, but I don't have. You and Joe have training or education or both. Yeah, but you the have... only neat on this show is me. You have a job. <laughs> that's that's not what they mean by um, employment. They're talking like career. Yeah, I definitely don't have one of those. Basically something you can kind of like put on a resume as a thing. Yeah. So the guy who <laughs> who felt like he could no longer leave his apartment because he <laughs> lost his pants. Um, <laughs> He's an ultra neat. <laughs> yeah. That guy was great. I like yeah. that guy. 
Well, he's also a what's the the Japanese term for a shut in? Final. Yeah. There you go. That's what, he's also that. He's like also he got a, a cyberpunk closet. Yeah, I was just about to say a little curtain and everything. Um, that's uh, like rival the lane computer. <laughs> yeah. So if if he's a neat, how is he? First of all, how is he paying for the power? And second of all, like how, how is he? getting food like where, where is this where is this money coming um, from? i imagine he's like either ordering this stuff or he does what a lot of hikikomori's do when they have to get supplies which is going out like late to like a 24-hour joint without but like but, but <laughs> oh yeah so he'd have to be ordering it yeah but like or how, where are they getting the money from? I have no idea, and I don't think yeah. they say. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe the club is supporting him. Maybe, probably he's, just... maybe he buys and sells on the dark web. Uh, yeah. Probably do that. That could be it, because he got, I mean, he was chowing down pretty hard, because he, oh, he, yeah, he got fat. fat. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Man. Yeah, he was, he was, <laughs> it's pretty big. Those yeah. gym pants were pretty tight on him. Yeah, he was he was working them things out. <laughs> yeah. Where did he get those pants? Um they the girls Suki. bought them. That's Suki what I did. thought. Yeah, Saki bought them. Oh, that's right, because they thought he was still skinny. I didn't understand how a dark haired girl like knew him. Um, they were all part of the same club. They went to the same school at one point. Until he lost his pants. Yeah. <laughs> he decided, well, at least I never have to go out again. That's <laughs> all it took. Oh, and I liked how I liked how he was um he pinned that towel or thing around himself so he didn't have to, I guess what was that? I don't know what it was. So it was right around his underwear. So whenever he was meeting the girls, he had that around his waist. Yeah, otherwise he was just straight sitting in his drawers. Yeah, that and the whole scene with the girls running past all the neats. Oh, running! Yeah, running through that sea of naked people. Yeah, hey guys, what I feel like now? That sea of Johnnies. Johnnies, all censored. Yeah, what was up with the the cuckold kid? Don't say that, Mike. <laughs> that's what he was. He was his friend zoned. He was cuckold, and he'd need to have a shot with her to begin with. He was watching. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he was uh, obsessing and being weird. Um, what about him? <laughs> I didn't understand why he was there. Well, remember, at the time, he thinks Akira might be a total fucking crazy weirdo. Yeah. Well, so he's also, worried about. Yeah, he was worried about Saki. And also, didn't they all have to go back to where they were to get the computer? Yeah, that was the other thing. They had to go undercover or yep. get the buff. Yeah. Birthday suit time. Damn, some bunnies. Yeah, but there they, should be a live action version of this. I think <laughs> the only reason why they didn't why they wouldn't go that route is to like all the missile attack shit mm. and some of the on location stuff they'd have to do. Yeah. Yes. You could do that with CG. Cause in the yeah. movies, they go back to America for a bit and I want to say there's more explosions. Mm. 
Yeah, but you can blow up anything on TV. Yeah, well, yeah, but they're like uh, TV budgets are pretty low, even mm-hmm. now. <sighs> they so probably have to go the movie route. Yeah, that's to make it. Man, that's you know. what I meant. Yeah, maybe they could maybe do like a trilogy for the series, and then like two more for the actual movies. <laughs> I think they could do it in one movie. I wouldn't want them to cram that. I wouldn't want them to try and cram that much in the one film. Uh, that's the kind well, of thing I, I would like. Uh, I mean, oh, there really was like, like they revealed and just really just broke everything down in like the last two episodes. If they were to turn this into a live action movie, there really wouldn't be that much to explain. I mean, there. <laughs> I mean, this movie wasn't like. I mean, the ideas they're talking well, about. You've also got to set up everything. Yeah, but it, like, it really wouldn't take that long to mm-hmm. to do this story. <laughs> yeah, you could do it like two and a half hours. Yeah, it'd be really dense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but whatever. I, I don't like want to get into an argument with you. I like dense movies. Dense, nice. Because they're rewatchable as well. Mm. They can make it work. You get a good director, you can make it work. Let's see. Quentin Tarantino. Oh, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I like Tarantino, but not for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Who could do it? Oh, you know who would. Fucking like it just like the could handle the idea of this. Fucking Aaron Sorkin. Um, I'm not too. I, I've heard the name, but I'm not too familiar with the what's Aaron Sorkin on. Uh, so he did a few Good Men. He did the Social Network. He did the West Wing, which I haven't watched. He did that HBO show Newsroom. All his shit is super political or super. He did Steve Jobs, the recent one with Fastbender, which I still haven't seen. That was very good. I, I haven't, I haven't seen any of that. Um, he he could be interesting, but I think so. I guess I, I guess my stance on that is I don't know. Well, I, I think he uh, some of the fun might get lost. I don't want that. Yeah. Because that all stuff is pretty serious. That was the other thing about this show is that, in spite of the fact that you're tackling a lot of like serious ass, heavy ass stuff, you're still mm-hmm. you're, well, you're not tense, you're not upset, you're not. You can kind of look yeah. at these uh, political issues from a point that might not even necessarily be your natural response, and still see it as a positive. Mm-hmm. That's why I think the subject matter would be interesting for him, but I don't know about a direct adaptation of this. But at the same time, he's more known as a writer, so a different mm-hmm. director could yeah. probably lighten it up. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if you actually bring in the guy who made this proper, uh, I want to say his name was Kinji Kamiyama? Mm-hmm. I said think his, so. Yeah, I've already said his name previous episodes you'd think i'd remember but it was kamiyama i didn't know what the first name was that's why i keep my notes archived 
Joe, who's your favorite character? Damn it. Hmm. Uh. Uh. Damn. Actually, I don't think I have a favorite character. They were all. Eh. Yeah, I don't think I have a favorite character. Yeah. Not that I hated all of them. It's just I. I don't think there's there's no one I it really particularly liked a lot. This is mm. they're all okay. I feel you're, like you're kind of right, but I mean, I feel the same way, but I think I got to give it to fat guy. <laughs> Panties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, we, we, this is something we mentioned in the uh, Ona guy teacher episode. And I was uh, reading from an article written about that anime where they said that the side characters don't stand out, but they don't stand out because they don't fall into the trap. A lot of modern anime does where every character has to have enough to them to sell a figure, sell some merchandise, sell whatever mm-hmm. these uh, side characters are believable, but they're clearly not being made to sell toys. They're not being made for merchandising. So they can be like actual people. Yeah. Serve to more hold the story up than be a significant part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, Akira is still my favorite character. Mm. I don't like his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It looks like the fucking. It looks like Liam What's His Face from Oasis. That's probably by design, considering uh, they use an Oasis song for the opening in Japan. Yeah, I know. I don't like his jacket either. I like the coat. Doesn't fit him. I want the coat. Although he wasn't my favorite character or anything, I kind of just want to. I want to interview the outsider. Just want to pick that man's brain. Just want to just. Just want to know about his life and mm. why he did all this. Just, you know, just... I, I don't know if I was projecting zero onto him, but I, he it was really fascinating to me too. But I, I don't know how much of that was just me mm-hmm. filling in the blanks because of MGS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they serve. Uh, they kind of work very similarly. Granted, uh, the outsiders kind of like okay, what happens after zero achieves his goal. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like really interested to know more about him. I kind of wish I would have talked more about him, or I I I, I can see why not. He's, he's needs to be remain a mystery and yeah. all that stuff. Unless they yeah. talk about him in the movies. Yeah, but um, oh, yeah, we do? find out okay. we find out who he is in the films. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Then. Interesting, because see, to me, it's one of those things where. Like sometimes there'll be movies where the the danger is really mysterious, like especially monster movies, mm-hmm. and then they lose all the tension because they show the monster at the end mm-hmm. of the third act. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of like that we didn't see him, but we did. We basically got to meet him because we met somebody who knew everything about him and explained the, his mm-hmm. the concept of him, and that concept kind of fit with. I don't know. Again, I see. I don't know if it fit for me because Metal Gear did it, but I guess I can speak to you know that was one of the things I did like about MGS4's ending was that we did get to see Zero, and he's just like 
Uh, you know what I like? He's it's barely the, there. It's the idea that this person had such ambition in their life, and not only are they like kind of nothing now, like like just the fact that they were human kind of took them out of the game, but that what they did create was so much bigger than them. Yeah, they leave a legacy in their set in their stead so mammoth that it's actually acting in their interest. Yeah. Long after they're gone. Yeah, and because when you think about media that does hide the figure, that's what they're doing is they're making it kind of known that this thing um, is something to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And then once you show it, it's kind of like, uh, like, Oh, I know what it is now. It's, it's not scary or it's not as impactful, but if you show that the real monster was something that was created by, you know, the idea that was created by this person who's nothing now, the idea still resonates and still exists. And that still feels large. And then you're kind of left to ponder that dissonance between the idea and the man. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like that way more than knowing everything about it. Yeah. Mystery. I would like to know more. About Mystery. Yeah. There's, um, and we'll get some information when we get to the, uh, movies. Um, how many are there Two. Yeah, there's two. There's a third one, but it's basically a uh, compilation film. Mm. So it might be worth it to watch it before we watch the films. Yeah, that sounds interesting, actually. Is it is it like pieced together from the series, or is it like a whole new thing? Yeah, I think um, I think it may have a unique sort of narration or narrative to it, but it is made up of stuff from the show. Mm. Mm. Like like it has a distinctive framing device, I should say. But I haven't seen it yet. It's actually the one thing related to Eden of the East I haven't seen yet. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, so uh, what do you think of the, uh, I guess, the, the reason behind his amnesia? Um, well, they never really explain how. Yeah. Not how, only why. Uh, they were kind of twisting around it a lot for me when they were explaining it. So it was kind of like, yeah, that's whatever. He he made himself look bad, and then I, I don't know what was it again. Um, so was it he? I don't have a uh, complete timeline of it, but the gist of it is is that when he was uh, made into one of the twelve, he. Uh, discovered the planned attack that led to a careless Monday and utilized his phone to gather volunteers to help him evacuate the city. They do did so with a whole lot of, uh, conning and some pretty illegal shit, mm-hmm. but it's the reason why careless Monday has no victims, no fatalities. Mm. However, in the uh, aftermath, a lot of people came home to, you know, houses that weren't there or houses that had been robbed due to a handful of the volunteers and them along with the uh, government officials looked for someone to blame. So rather than just let the needs get run over by the bus, Akira took the blame. 
and uh, shoved them all into a shipping container, sent them to Dubai to lay low for a minute. And <laughs> yeah, that was weird. one of whom uh, we meet in a prior episode apparently got out and got married <laughs> and mm. came back on his own. It's crazy. And that's when he erased it because he because they all turned on him. He yeah, didn't want to. The whole he gave up. Turned on him, and I think he he assumed that he would give up if he uh, held on to the memory. Yeah. Well, I kind of would have thought he would have done some like memento stuff and like wrote something somewhere anyway <laughs> to kind of tell himself, you know, this is what's going on. Instead of just being happy-go-lucky man, I can't remember anything, derp, derp. Yeah. Wait, I, so I why did he erase his memory? Um, I think I... He doesn't... They don't outright say it. But, um, I think the idea... Um, what everyone assumes is that um, it kind of, like, hurt being put in that situation. Probably caused him to lose a lot of faith in the people he was trying to protect. So... I I would assume that he did it to keep himself from just saying fuck it. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't remember all the people turning on him. Yeah, uh, that felt kind of unnecessary. A bit extreme. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me. Well, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm saying you could take it out and it'd be the exact same show. You could have him just not say it and then have it revealed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I feel like the story has more holes that way. Uh, but whatever. I think it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it doesn't have any holes. Uh, I just. I feel like after knowing that reveal, because they had kind of throughout the entire show kind of built it up a little bit like why is he why, is, well, why can't he remember anything and it's slowly piecing it together and then finally this big reveal i mean i kind well, of want the, the other half of that is playing him as this mysterious figure uh, yeah yeah the, but then uh, the what is it one of the elements that uh features a lot more prominently when you first watch it is the possibility that akira might have actually had something negative to do with careless Monday that mm-hmm. before the memory loss, he could have been a total shit bag. Mm. Yeah. I feel like uh, after your initial viewing or maybe even just after getting the reveal, you lose that entirely. I, well, I didn't really, like I said in the beginning, I didn't really have a favorite character. So if it was bad or good, it wouldn't have really mattered to me. I didn't really feel that much I was, there was no connection for me to him, but I mean, just like I was kind of, kind of wanted more out of that reveal. I, I thought it was going to be something bigger, and not to just like you know, he just felt bad because people turned on him. He just didn't want to remember it. That's just I don't know. I, don't know. I, I wanted more of an impact with that. <laughs> there wasn't much there. I see you've never had your heart broken, Joe. I uh, okay. You know what? It just seems like. With all the buildup, there was going to be more out of it. At least to me, anyway. I wanted more out of it. Yeah, it felt a little silly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it felt like? It felt like they just they wanted a way to have him be like completely naive. But I guess part of the show is him 
trying to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they could have done that by having his memory erased for some other reason other than like, I can't take it. Erase my memory. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with it. <laughs> I relate to it, actually. I've had moments where I've like looked into it. I mean, uh, can relate to it, but it's like clearly you don't completely since you don't see it as like a worthy enough motivation. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a bullshit statement, and you know it. Oh, 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 oh! You really want to get in the bullshit statements with you? Everything uh, is fine if you do it right. You bitch. well, it's true. That's a bullshit <laughs> statement too. No, that's the most hand wave BS ever. It's, it's as long as magically you change the subject. and fix it. You it's basically okay. hold on. You basically just were like, oh, since you've like grown and learned to like deal with your emotions and and like like that you fucking when you were hurt, it's you don't understand. Wait, what? Wait, you were, you, you were like you basically were just like. Oh, since you're not in pain right now, like you don't understand what it's like to be hurt. I'm not saying because I don't want to erase my memory. I'm not. I'm not saying. But, uh, Jesus, let me let me go take a step back for a second. I'm saying that the fact that you guys keep harping on the fact that that being the reason he erased his memory, it's like you're saying like it it sounds like you guys are saying it's not a good enough motivation for you to really like buy it or appreciate it or whatever I'm saying I do. I'm okay. not saying I don't buy it. I'm just saying that Like you're saying it's not a good enough done motivation for him to do it or it doesn't work well within the I, story. It it okay. is a motivation, but like <laughs> I don't really what think What would you have preferred is maybe it's, what I should have asked. Okay. Mm. It, Go ahead. You go first. Oh uh, well, I just—I don't know. Maybe somebody else wiped his memory. Uh, who knows? Could be anything. But it's just for me. It was just a plot point. It didn't bother me that much. I was just kind of like, huh, when they explained it. Mm. Like, I guess that's interesting. It, it, to me, it feels like he did a heroic act, and nobody got killed. Uh, some people's lives got a little messed up. It felt like it wasn't like traumatizing for him, like that sort of thing. See, I guess that's where the difference lies. Cause I feel like it definitely, I can, it makes perfect sense that that would be completely heartbreaking that you literally, you do all of that. You go to all those steps to make sure that people are safe. You save lives and then you literally become hated for it. Yeah. But I mean, See, it could have, like, I would have bought it a little more if it was just like, oh, he missed one. Like, one person died. Or even one person just got terribly injured or something like mm-hmm. that. It could have bought it a little bit more. It, it sort of, like, speaks to, it, I guess, an issue with uh, politics as a whole, I should say. Because one of the reasons why people got upset, it wasn't even just, okay, our houses got blown up or some people stole our shit. People started, uh, what they brought up is that people started questioning things. Like, how did these people know to evacuate to begin with? How did, uh, you know, why did they come in at this exact time? Bring in, yeah, it, 
I guess you had a lot of people speaking of like weird conspiracies, the possibility that this was all part of the same plan. And yeah, it all kind of culminates in the fact that a lot of the, uh, a lot of people that, let me restart it. Um, it all kind of culminated into this idea that even though he was the one to, uh, move everyone out, keep this from, you know, having fatalities that, not just the people who are affected by the actual attack, but maybe uh, the government officials, popular culture for sure, were trying to make it seem like all of this was Akira versus just the evacuation. That for some, he, he for some sinister reason wanted to hit this area with missiles, in spite of the fact that he made it a point to move everyone out of the way. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's still like. I mean, and it kind of hit in two forms because initially everyone wanted to blame the Neats he hired for this. So in order to protect them, he takes the blame for it. But he then in turn incites the wrath of all of those Neats. They all blame him as well. He literally becomes the focal point for everyone's hatred. Yeah, but like, it's not like he, I can understand if he like erased his memory and like, changed his face and like moved somewhere else to start a new life well he did part of that but he erased his memory and went to america yeah but i don't know it's it's hard because i don't really remember those first episodes like so was he trying to run away in the beginning that would be a spoiler what we were this is the episode for the two movies (laughs) two movies Uh, okay. Well, anyway, in the context of the series, then, if... So we never know why he's in America, then. We find out. Apparently Apparently not. Okay. Well, if he was running away from his life, then it makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just still wanted... I'll, I'll I'll chalk this up as uh, my not being able to understand where you're coming from due to a lack of a Vulcan brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just said it like makes sense if that's what he was trying to do. Mm. No, what I'm saying is you two are Vulcans and I'm a lowly human. No, was, was, uh, we're all humans. Bullshit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, if that is what happened, then it's it's fine. Right, uh, let's just say, yeah, let's let's it, uh, get off the topic. Well, let's uh, just say it's not what I would have done unless I was trying to run away to start a new life. Mm. Because you'd want to have a leg up in that situation. Like you'd want to know who's coming after you and why. Mm. Um, let's look at the notes here. Megan, just got one last quick thing on that one. Uh, for me, I think, because the, the way it was getting built up just in Joe's head, is that I was like thinking, what if like he is the outsider? What if he just want he, you know, he's the one who started all this and he just wants to, and he lost his memories. So he, now he's playing the game without even knowing, you know, something. Yeah. Uh, that's, I was wanting something more crazy. And well, they want you to potentially think that. Yeah, and then they gave me this. So this. That's that's all. But once again, I'm fine with this. Yeah, I <laughs> it's mean, just the way it was built up. I was hoping for something a bit more deeper. I mean, I, 
I don't really care about how it was building up. I kind of enjoyed the suspense, and I was fine with him just being a nice guy in the end. Hmm. I just think I already said. Yeah. You still have that. You still have that big mustache, Joe. Oh, I'm curling it right now. Oh dear. Stop it. That means he's plotting something. Yes, it's gotten that long. Well, it's gone so long that it's look out for missiles tomorrow, Joe. I mean, Mike. Look forward to careless Thursday. I don't think I'd do missiles. What would I do? Sarin gas. Fire. Oh, fuck gas, man. That that stuff was. That's not cool. Chemical warfare is not cool. I don't like yeah, this. That's yeah. <laughs> just the worst. So I guess I can, um, before we get into recommendations, go back to uh, a question I asked uh, in the first episode, which is, uh, you know what? Fuck that question. Recommendations. Okay. okay. <laughs> what was it? Uh, <laughs> what would you do if you had one of the phones? But I don't. I, I don't care anymore. Recommendations. <laughs> Well, we already talked about it. You talked about it. Well, what would you do? Uh, like I said, I don't care anymore. What would I, you do, Joe? Wanna, wanna, wait, hang on. I want, Lana, what would you do? I want to know what you'd do. <laughs> what would you do? You can't get out of this. <laughs> Just live a hedonist lifestyle? Fuck that. No. <laughs> um, fuck, what would I do? It's sad because I'm nowhere near as political as I used to be. There was a point in time where I actually thought about running for some kind of office. Um, Shit. Where would I even start? Uh, I I guess I'd probably put the majority of my focus on the whole health care issue. It seems like a conceivable type deal. Um, But specifically setting it up so... Everybody got it. The big issue I keep running into is it seems like everyone's fighting for it, but everyone's fighting for one side of the fence or the other. Either this group of people get it or that group of people get it. Um, oh, one thing I did hear it was kind of interesting. I think I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. He was talking to Kevin Smith, and uh, one thing he found to be interesting was the idea of kind of like a... Uh, a minimum sort of income, which is uni- to say... Yeah, universal basic income. Yeah. I think alongside the healthcare thing, I would implement that. I think, I guess the idea behind what I would do in this situation is um, remove an element of strain from day-to-day life so people can pursue uh, greater ambitions, do greater shit, and uh, kind of... Um, Focus then on figuring out how to motivate people to strive for bigger stuff now that their basic stuff is met. See, I mean, this yeah. this might sound kind of awful, but I'm actually only for that if you have if for the people that are in the program or whatever, however it works, are actually like, willing to work the, in some other way. Yeah, they act, they have to check yeah. in. For That's a, a couple months or something. Yeah, it, it's a risky run with uh, any uh, program like that. I guess the um, the thing I always kind of come to is a question of which bothers you more. I like to frame it this way because it's still 
acknowledges an element of humanity on both sides, which is uh, what bothers you more, people who do deserve something not getting it or people who don't deserve something getting it. And, yeah. Well, it bothers me a tremendous amount when people are well, taking not, advantage of that. This, not who don't deserve. Do, we're, not, we're not actually using it because people who do actually need it are suffering. Yeah. So that... Yeah. That well, yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying is oh, okay. being on one side or the other doesn't necessarily make you the bad guy. You're just worrying okay. for a different group of people. Yeah. Right. I think you're thinking about it more in terms of like welfare or something too. Yeah. Whereas I think because I'm I'm very for it. Like I because we could probably afford to do that. Like here's a place to live and here's like enough like and mm. like not just like unlimited money but like here's like here's money for food here's money for this and that you have enough and you can survive this way and you can live that way if you want to your whole life isn't figuring out how you're going to get your next meal or yeah. how you're going to pay this bill coming up you're not literally just spinning your wheels uh kind of like um and i like i would definitely want to do this for the for i guess the same reason that this show keeps focusing on the whole neat issue is i feel like you run into the same same sort of issue are these people neats because they're lazy or they don't want to do anything or do they just not have the opportunity uh akira kind of puts the opportunity to do some good in the hands of these people and they uh uh, create a situation where missiles hit and no one dies. Um, mm. He does this again using Eden when the missiles are coming and they manage to shoot down, what was it, 60 of them? Yeah. Again, with no fatalities. Uh, there's a lot of... It, it's sort of... Not just uh, what I'm talking about and what was done in this anime, but I guess the whole thing speaks to a belief in the potential of people that uh, I guess the difference between a regular person walking the street and your Elon Musk's might not be as uh, huge as you know you might think. It may come down more to uh, it may be less about uh, inborn capacity and more about um, I guess sort of opportunity, finding your niche, whatever. Yeah. Hmm. I just I've thought about it a lot, and I think uh, you kind of said this already. But I I think I'd rather you know have everyone be able to just live a peaceful life on their own, and then of course there's going to be some shitty people who who like go off and and whatever they spend it on the wrong thing or some shit. But yeah. I think that kind of thing would just work itself out if you have so many people who have access to what they need. Like, yeah, well, because no, that, again, no system is perfect, but you got to like, think about the benefit, and you have to think about how it's going to work out in the long term mm -hmm. as well. Because so much of like, like I lived in Oakland for so long, and it's such a damaged. There's a lot of desperate people there. There is, and it's tied to history, and it's, you know, you're, and, and I've actually, I mean, I guess I'm kind of in the same spot 
too, I'm lucky that I have like a cushion of like family, like a place to stay and a place I can go work for people if I need money. But your mentality is, and this is what I think a lot of the people in the, especially the right don't understand is that your mentality is completely changed when you're poor mm-hmm. and you just have to survive. Like you cannot pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you have no amount of hard work is if gonna you, get you there by itself. Right. If you're just busting your ass to make shit to just to survive, like the bare minimum, just to have food and pay rent, and you know, and and then they want to do things like say, uh, you can't have an abortion, you gotta have this kid. Well that's more mm-hmm. that that you know, and it's just going to keep people below the poverty line. Or uh, same thing with, uh, no, you can't have a doctor. You can't, you don't get money for preventative medicine. And if you go to the hospital, you got to pay all that back. Yeah. Now on top of struggling to make it even, you have debt. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much people who are born with opportunity, like just don't understand. Well, you don't That's see it. it. And yeah. it's not everyone who has opportunity. I feel like the two extremes well, are that and people who are actually some of the most compassionate. Yeah. I mean, speaking generally, like the people who I'm talking about, obviously talking about the people who do feel this way, mm-hmm. that they just don't understand what it's like not to be able to feed yourself because yeah. they've always had food. Yeah, sometimes uh, like when you're dealing with people like that, they don't want to – there's a desire to work on that assumption that they're doing – that the people who can't eat are willfully doing something wrong because the alternative is actually too kind of like horrific to really accept. Yeah. Like, and I want to say that's with the people who you see working like Olympic-level denial – yeah, I mean, a lot of it drives me crazy when I still people who just like cannot understand. Like, I hate I hate this word because it's such a buzzword and it gets used so incorrectly all the time by people pushing their agendas. But privilege is like it's such a real thing. Like, I I, I hear there's people who I whose opinions I really respect, but then they're just like. Like, oh, you know, I, my dad worked hard to, like, he, like, worked hard. Like, privilege doesn't mean that your family or whatever didn't work hard to get to where they were. But it, <laughs> it just means that it's harder for other people. Well, um, I, for you. maybe one way to look at it is uh, that unlike other people, your family was given the opportunity to do that work at all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, that's that's the unfortunate thing when you uh, get to talking about something like this is um, you can very easily and without even meaning to kind of like uh, downplay, negate, or outright um, accuse someone of like not really doing anything, being lazy, not having problems. I think is the big one right now is kind of. Um, we're all ultimately struggling for acknowledgement here. And, um, a lot of people end up taking uh, one person seeking said acknowledgement as denying them the acknowledgement they either want or don't think they have. Yeah. Which is sad. 
It is. Did I talk about the seesaw in the last episode? The seesaw? Yeah. No. My analogy for white people versus everyone else. (laughs) Like people with privilege. Uh, Basically, you have one side that's had all the power and another side that isn't. And one side is heavy and used to their feet being on the ground. And the other one is kind of in the air with their feet dangling. And then the, you know, the, the people up in the air are starting to, to eat. And maybe sometimes they're even jumping. And so the person who's on the ground thinks that they're going to go flying off the seesaw. Yeah. But really, we're just trying to level it so that mm-hmm. both people have their feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like that. Yeah, there's also, um, what is it? Uh, I, maybe I shouldn't. I was going to try and add to that analogy, but I'm thinking I'd better just leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, I'll add it there anyway. Basically, maybe there's another way to look at it as they feel like they're being yelled at to get up but they know if they get up you're going to come flying into the, you're going to go flying down and maybe like break your feet <laughs> mm. Mm. fuck it I shouldn't have said anything recommendations <laughs> um, but yeah uh, there's all, another part of that is that the people with their feet in the air sometimes they do want to like say like Let's just fucking launch this motherfucker off of there. <laughs> yeah, there's like, of all the people up there, there's one saying, let's launch him. And that, for some reason, that's the only one the guy at the bottom hears, probably because he's screaming the loudest. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, um, I already recommended MGS2. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I. I'm thinking of stuff that reminds me of MGS2 now. Um, the Winter Soldier, Captain America 2. Mm-hmm. You find out a shadowy organization has infiltrated the government. It's, it's not quite the same thing, which I kind of appreciate about this anime. It's very original. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Yeah. Um, it, uh, cool 3D world on Instagram and YouTube if you like naked screaming guys. Oh, dear. Oh no, no. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of things that are like really happy. Uh, don't worry too much. We've already got like two more episodes of recommendations. So, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll still have more to give <laughs> when we get to the movies. What about you, Joe? Uh, I don't have any recommendations because we did, I mean, the, the past episodes and like Lila, you just said, the movies will be more opportunities and stuff, but I can't think of any good ones off the top of my head. So, um, I got one and it was, well, I, I think at the beginning of this, I explained as to why it took so, I, I mentioned God, I, I am a fucking mess today. Um, <laughs> I mentioned that I would explain why it took so long for us to come back to this. I was, uh, back when I was still doing theme months, I was trying to save this up for a month on the concept of uh, Noblesse Oblige. But um, I kept running into a problem where it was pretty hard to actually find animes that tackled this subject in particular. 
uh, trying to look it up on Google hit like two walls. One wall is that it would always lead back to this anime. The other is it would lead back to a manga slash anime called Noblesse, which I don't even mm. know if it's about this, but it made trying to research this impossible. Hmm. Um, and add to that, the one other anime I had on the docket to go alongside this, I rewatched recently and found that it didn't really tackle the subject in as much depth as I remembered. Uh, I was just reading. I was reading a bit of that depth into it, uh, but it is one of the things I'm going to recommend, and what we're probably going to watch next week, which is uh, Gundam F91. Without going into too much depth, uh, Noblesse Oblige is the motivation of the antagonists of that uh, film, and. The positives of it, as well well as the damage, the lack of it existing in uh, governing bodies, controlling forces, is kind of on display over the course of that film. Oh. That is one of the things I always love about Gundam. They do crazy stuff with politics and... Oh, yeah. It's uh, war, robot fights, and deep discussions of psychology and politics. Yes, but that's all. That's, that's I, I want to say that's like half of mech anime. The other half is like super robot crazy fights. That's interesting. I wonder why. Is it because it's just like you're ruling so much power. Um, it- well, specifically that. Um, realistically, the only people who are going to have the means to create a giant robot are mm-hmm. going to be either the government or the military or some combination of the two. Yeah. And if it's one of those two, then chances are it's going to be a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, when you're dealing with, like, war and stuff like that, even animes that aren't giant robot or vehicle-driven that focus on war will inevitably have people sitting at a table talking about why do we fight like this, the nature of man, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. Yeah. Um, let me see if I can think of anything else to recommend. Uh, can you guys think of anything like a story where someone who was just a regular ass dude is suddenly made some sort of ruling figure? Um, I know it's a pretty common plot, but for the life of me, I can't think of anything. King Arthur. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a movie coming out actually. Oh yeah, by Guy Ritchie. That was good. <laughs> um somewhere who's made Oh. Uh ooh, even that movie uh Twins. I haven't seen it. It's about a young boy who is suddenly made the manager of the Minnesota Twins. Uh <laughs> Um, I'm sure there's something where somebody weird becomes the president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, probably. There's got to be a ton of those. Yeah. Um, oh, blank check. <laughs> uh, I think I remember that. He's suddenly inundated with power, and he uses it mostly for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, a lot of people suck up to him, too, which is interesting. 
Yeah, you're always going to find sycophants where money's involved. Mm. Well, anything you guys want to say to the audience before I ruin this show anymore? Was Rudy was a movie about football, wasn't it? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I don't think... Yeah, no. (laughs) No. Thank you, Joe. The song you're listening to is Synthetic Highway. Please check out the artist at sandcloud.com slash submorphine. That should be hyphen M-O-R-P-H-I-N-E. The song you'll hear next is Andy Rocket. Please check out its artist at facebook.com slash squarion. S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Squarion's got a project they'd like me to plug, Project Stick Part 2, which can be found on facebook.com slash project stick. Find us at soundcloud.com slash radio on Facebook at facebook.com slash radio on Twitter at radio or you can subscribe to us on Android, iTunes, and Google Play. Mike can be found on Twitter at Hyper90s. Joe can be found on Twitter at NHMUReturns. Mike can be found on Twitter at OldTalkerConnect. I guess that's everything, so thank you for listening and have a good night. Whoa. This is fucking great. Whoa. Whoa. Holy shit. Oh, needle. <laughs> oh my god. That's the most crime ass crime I've ever seen. Next up, we do a commentary track for the first episode of Mad Bull 34. So, yeah, please enjoy it. Mm-hmm.